Welcome to East Got Game, an unofficial podcast for the NBL One East basketball competition. Join us as we review, preview and interview our way through the NBL One East to showcase your new favourite talents. My name is Jacinta Govend from the Central Coast Crusaders and joining me as co-host is the living legend and diehard Sutherland Sharks supporter, Lockie France. How are you, Lockie? I'm great, Squin. It's two days until NBL One East tips off, and I could not be more excited. Yeah, I can't believe it's two days already, considering we're still well, well, not well into, but we've just kicked off the WNBL semi-final series. Um, so for me personally, I sometimes like a bit of a break between leagues, but with this overlap, there will be no rest for the wicked. No, and uh, I think. Uh... Players like uh, Lauren Nicholson, Nicole Munger, etc., will be in the same boat. Yeah, at least hopefully Nicole Munger um, will have a little bit of a rest given that the cap season ended the weekend just gone. But for Lauren Nicholson, she's still chasing a championship with a Townsville Fire. So hopefully she'll be able to get some rest before she has to come back home for East. Um, but we've also got stars like Vanessa Panousis, etc., who we'll probably get into a little bit later. Um, but as you said, NBL One East does kick off this Saturday, March 11th. Um, so we thought for our very first episode, and hopefully the first episode of many for this podcast, we're going to have a quick look at all of the rosters um, of the NBL One East and it has been a little bit of a struggle, Lockie, to kind of get a good idea of what the competition is going to look like this season, considering a lot of teams didn't upload their rosters until the very last minute, would you say? Uh, that's probably fair to say. You know, you get a, uh, you think you've got a handle on a team's roster because they've announced seven or eight players and then, bang, they drop a former WNBL player into the roster or a former Australian junior representative and all of a sudden... They look a whole lot better than they did three days ago. They changed the game almost. So what we're going to do, we'll go through the rosters, we'll go through our predictions of uh, perhaps who we think are going to be top contenders, perhaps who's going to snatch a finals, uh, place in the finals this season. A lot of forecasting to do, as you could say. Um, So... Lockie, tell us a little bit about, though, you've very kindly supplied us with um, the rosters as you know it or as they stand. Tell us a little bit about the hard work that's gone into putting this together. A lot of following on Instagram, a lot of following on Facebook, a lot of checking websites, and even the occasional photo that teams post before they've announced a player as well. There's nothing better than a sponsor announcement that has a player in it that isn't actually announced on the roster yet. Yeah, isn't it funny how social media has become such a good tool of trying to find out things like rosters or um, any kind of glimpse of team news that we can get? Because I think sometimes teams will take a photo of uh, of the players at training not realising there's some signings in the background that they haven't announced yet. Definitely. Yeah. You see teams, especially this time of year, we're out on a team bonding session at the park or, you know, doing a group fitness session out somewhere. And, oh, who's that in the background that's not played for the club for three years? Yeah, I think Maitland Mustang women actually 
did us a big favour by going out on their team bonding to a winery, posting some pictures on Instagram so we could confirm their roster. It was very, very helpful indeed. Thank you, Stangers. Thank you, Stangers. Classic Stangers behaviour. <laughs> um, but did you also need to consult with the MBL one official website as well? I did. And the rosters are all out now. So I filled out everything and... Hopefully, there is very little change between now and Saturday because I'd really like to finalise my commentary notes for this game one as well. And I'm sure you would too. Commentary notes, uh, that's something for Saturday morning at this stage. Um, (laughs) Without sounding uh, very unprofessional, uh, it's just been one of those very basketball and work-heavy weeks. So I think my commentary notes will have to be early Saturday morning before the Crusaders women tip off at 5 p.m., at Central Coast Basketball. Now, I they, I know that the stadium has got different sponsoring rights now, so I don't want to say the wrong name. But Central, home of the Central Coast Crusaders in Terrigal, where it's always been, is where we'll be Saturday. What about you, Lockie? What's the time slot for uh, Sutherland this Saturday? Well, for me, it'll be get there at midday to help set up all the audio because somehow I get roped into that. But our game is also at five o'clock Sutherland versus Newcastle live on KO freebie. So we've got the NBL one women at 5 PM and then the men at seven. Excellent. All right. So we are cutting it fine recording this roster preview episode and our first episode, literally two days before the season tips off. So let's get right into it. Now, Lockie, do you prefer to do the women's rosters or the men's rosters first? Uh, my spreadsheet's on the men, so let's go with the men first. <laughs> Good choice. Mine was on the men's too. So before we get right into it, uh, there are some new teams that have joined the NBL One East this season. They are clubs that have been in Waratah or you know prominent clubs in New South Wales in the past, but just decided not to join the inaugural season last year for various reasons. But we're very happy that they are back. So. The full uh, team list, or I should say the teams competing in the men's um, NBL One East this season for 2023 include Albury, Wodonga, uh, Bankstown, Canberra, Central Coast, COE, Comets, Hills, Hornsby, Illawarra, Inner West, Maitland, Manly, Newcastle, North, Penrith and Sutherland. So that is a lot more than we're used to with the addition of Bankstown, COE, Comets, Hornsby, Penrith, and I think that's all. Not a bad addition to the league, hey, Lock? It is. Uh, Bankstown only new in the women's. They were in the men's last year, but uh, they're new to the women's only this see, year. This is why I need you here. This is why I need you. <laughs> You've got to keep me accountable for some of these small errors. You are <laughs> Bankstown men did compete last year and despite their um, placing on the final ladder at the end of their last season, they still managed to be relatively competitive throughout the season. Tell me about it. As Sutherland commentator, I know all about how competitive Bankstown can be. Were there quite a... It was, was, uh, yeah, some tight contests. Who would you say is Sutherland's main rival? Uh, Comets. I would say Comets. Comets. Is that a historic rivalry for any reason? Well, we play we play Hendo Cup. Uh, so we have Hendo Cup against Comets. And, I mean, it is kind of, with no St. George team, it is kind of our local, most local rivals, I would say. Uh, 
you know, now and then, you know, you have little history with teams, but Hendo Cup every year was always our biggest game. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would probably say Comets. I mean, other people who have played for Sutherland and been around the club longer may have differing views, and I'm certainly no expert uh, compared to some people down at the Shark Tank, but I think we're all looking forward to having Hendo back this year with Comets back in the league. So just for those that don't know, those that in the East or could be listening from other states, uh, give us a quick rundown of what the Hendo Cup is. Uh, so a Hendo Cup is a trophy that we play for in memory of uh, Greg, I believe it was with uh, Greg Hendricks. So Greg Hendricks was a... Uh, radio announcer um, in both Sydney and Queensland. Um, and his son played basketball in, in Sydney for Comets and maybe for Sutherland at some point. And we play for that trophy in honour of Greg each season. So it's the men's match. It used to be a preseason match. It's now men's match uh, top level. So NBL1 East now between Comets and Sutherland. Excellent. That sounds great. It's great to have a, some kind of club, healthy club rivalry and tradition um, that continues into NBL One East as well. So let's get stuck into the first one, Albury Wodonga. Um, first of all, what are some of the uh, core players that are staying this season, Lockie? Oh, I think well, I mean they've got um, guys like Eric Flores and Jacob Chinkarak back. Uh, they got Lachlan Cummings. But I think it's more about some of the new players they've got. They've got an import in Mike Parks Jr., who's played in the British Basketball League. And uh, they've got uh, Jameer Coleman as well. And then they brought in uh, Shaquille Maharaj, who has come over from NBL 1 Central. So a bit of, bit of change, actually, at Albury this season. Yeah, I feel like Albury is a club for men's and women's are uh, quite good at recruiting. I know that they're very active with recruiting. Um, quite at well ahead of time and really good at focusing of putting the pieces together, not necessarily trying to sign, you know, a really big star, but trying to put pieces together that's going to complement the rest of the existing roster. Definitely. I mean, they're, um, their experience playing in, you know, Siebel and NBL one South, I think has really established, you know, all their processes and, you know, made them really professionally run as a club because, uh, I think not to put Waratah League down, but it was definitely a step below what Siebel was. So Albury having been at this level for so much longer than a lot of other New South Wales clubs means they came in a step ahead. They know what it takes to compete at this level. Yeah, probably almost like a better experience in that level of true level of semi-professionalism compared to what us in the East and, and Waratah were quite used to, I would agree. Um, and are there any uh, omissions that really stand out to you? Anyone that's missing? Oh, well, I don't see uh, Kieran Hayward's name there to start with. That's uh, that's an out for for Albury. Uh, so that that's a big one. Uh, just let me have a look. Yeah, I think, to be honest, that is probably... That, that would be the biggest one. Mm. Um, of course, they had players um, in and out um, their uh, imports last year, um, but uh, Dewam Dewam is obviously not back either, so that's another player they'll miss. 
But I think they've retooled really well. So they might miss a few players, but I think their absences may be covered. Yeah, so I'm unsure where Kieran Haywood uh, has ended up. To my knowledge, I haven't seen him sign to any other NBL One club uh, as of yet. However, there is a chance that he perhaps would have um, signed uh, maybe overseas, do you think? Because I think he has some overseas experience. He possibly could have or he might have just signed for a team interstate that hasn't announced anything yet. That's also true, very true. Um, So I feel like uh, I have a feeling that Kieran may have even had a bit of experience in the G League, if I'm not mistaken. I think he might have. Yeah, I think for the with the Force, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Su- yeah, the Sioux Falls Sky Force. That's the team name. Yeah. So he's definitely got. Um, he's got connections and he's got experience and he's yeah he's been around. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where he pops up. And what do you, based on the roster so far, can you give any kind of pre- prediction of where this team might land? Well, if they keep the entire roster together, they're not going to have that massive losing streak they had last season. So if they can avoid doing that, uh, I think I think they can jump up a couple of spots uh, this season. I it remains to be seen how their imports do. Uh, if they fire, then top five, top six. But uh, a lot a lot will rest on getting all the players gelling because uh, they certainly do have a few new names in there to go with to go with their core. And they've only got ten players listed so far, so you've got to account for injuries as well. Um, yeah, you hope that uh, they've probably got some younger players as backup or as train-on players that can step into those roles if injuries um, are a problem down the stretch of the season too. But uh, let's move it on to Bankstown. As you said, they were in NBL 1 East last season in the men's division, but not the women's. Um, looking at this roster, tell me about who, sta- who has stayed and who has gone. Well... The players they've lost are the, are the big names. So they lost Nathaniel Musters, uh, who averaged eight and eight last year. He's off to North. Uh, Nico Timonero was one of their top scorers. He's headed over to Inner West. Uh, Lockie Anderson, who was massive for them in his half a season or so that he played, I think he's gone back overseas. And Isaiah Oste Pinder is headed to Comets. So four big outs for Bankstown as it stands. Uh, they got um, Dragan Elkaz back, uh, Nate Brown, a uh, lot of names here from last season, Akil Alexander, Thomas Douse. They've got Mark Franco and Jonah Paris is over from Penrith, I believe. So a few losses and unfortunately they haven't uh, brought in a lot of names to replace them yet. Mm. So considering that they didn't have the best season last year um, and they haven't replaced some of those bigger names you mentioned before, at this point is perhaps based on the roster that's available to us, probably not looking good for Bankstown this season. Not not on paper, but they, they were more competitive than their record showed last season. And I think uh, there'll be teams, like the new teams coming in, not sure how they'll go. Uh, so I, I'm not going to condemn Bankstown to the wooden spoon at this stage by any stretch of the imagination. That would just be patently unfair, just looking at the rosters on paper. 
but uh, they certainly do have some losses to to uh, fill. Yeah, you make a really good point as well about how the ladder and the results didn't really don't always reflect how competitive a league can actually be. Because I think we have found with the NBL One East um, that just that, like there will be lots of games that are very competitive, very close. Sometimes, especially in the women's games, it came down to one, one and a half minutes where one team would just get ahead and the and the opposition couldn't catch up. And you know, even if it was a twenty point game. Mm-hmm that wasn't really a reflection of a of a hiding it was just perhaps a couple of minutes here or there so i found i found the same in the men's competition uh did you find the same Lockie? i i teams you don't expect to play teams close end up doing so it's it's just one of those things that happens maybe you get complacent maybe they get up for the game maybe you just have a bad night maybe they just have a good night whatever it is there's always those team, those nights where a team that you don't expect to be competitive just comes out and is. And it seems to happen a fair bit. And like I said before, Bankstown played us close. Uh, they were really annoying. Yeah. And <laughs> as a as a Sutherland person. Yeah, but, uh, nice opinion there. They're really annoying. <laughs> well, they were annoying from a Sutherland perspective. And I'm sure there are, you know, there's, there's always those nuisance teams, you know. and you'll lose to them and you'll end up getting to finals and you'll finish fifth instead of fourth or third instead of second. Yeah. And you'll look back on that game and go, oh, I can't believe we lost to, you know, Inner West on the night both their imports were out or we lost to Hills when, you know, and Lockie Charlton wasn't playing or something like that. And that's the game you'll it'll stick when you end up, you know, losing in the qualifying finals instead of getting a buy through to the semis. So, See, on the flip side, they're the stories <clears throat> I love because I love a good underdog story of when a team has to really band together when they're missing their key players and just they just find a way to pull off a miracle and beat a team that they haven't beaten before. I love those stories. Um, I guess that's why I love NBL 1 as well so much uh, as well and I guess the WNBL too. Um but oh, let's just say the game of basketball. That's why I just love the game of basketball. It can be so unpredictable in NBL One East. There's not really a guarantee of who is going to win the game on any day at all. Um, as we roll around to Canberra, now Canberra are the defending champions of the NBL One East in the men, the Canberra Gunners. Now, they've been pretty good with announcing their roster in the most part. Certainly... Some major players missing in Will Mayfield and Akech Aaliyah. Um, but they have ma- managed to maintain uh, Glenn Morrison, who's one of my favourite players because he's a textbook five-man, back-to-the-basket, plays his role right. And also Petro Badalassi, who was, I think, their captain. Um, do you know much about these new additions to this team, Lockie? So... Pardon me, Cameron Pender, uh, he is a young player with a lot of upside by all reports. Uh, he'll he'll come in and he should uh, contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also brought in Austin Clark, who was over playing NBL 1 West last year. He didn't get a lot of playing time, but I think he'll, I mean, uh, they've brought him in and it's a roster that's got a lot of, you know, strong players. So if you bring someone into this team, you kind of want someone who can contribute at this stage, especially having lost a catcher Lear and Will Mayfield. Still thinking about Will Mayfield leaving in the first place. Uh, but, I mean, they've got 
Dal Feig still there, of course. He of the top two plays in NBL one last season. Um, and as you mentioned, Glenn Morrison, the Brindabella Beacon, and Battalassie, the Duke of Double Doubles. They love a nickname down in Canberra. <laughs> and you of give course, them those nicknames though. What's that? Sorry. Did you give them those nicknames? Or no, were they- no, <laughs> they are Canberra nicknames, not mine. Mine, my nicknames for players are not that good. Oh, I don't know. I, I honestly thought uh, the double double nickname you gave Battalassie was no, no. That's that's all. That's all them. But as you said, they they return a lot of this lineup, and I see no reason why they can't contend for back-to-back titles. Uh, COE coming in, uh, Maitland, you know, that was a three-point game in the grand final last year, and a few other teams have retooled. But, you know, Canberra remain the hunted until someone knocks them off their perch. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, All eyes will be on them as the defending champions. I feel, you know, William Mayfield, um, he, I think he was averaging about 18 points per game for the Gunners. Um, six about 6.5 rebounds, three assists uh, based on what I can see is available in front of me right now. Um, but I feel like as well he had a bit of a good leadership quality about him. He certainly led from the front, played with a lot of intensity. I think that is really hard to replace in such a strong team like the Gunners. And Akech Alir, he was just could do a little bit of everything, was really good at shooting from long range um, quite consistently, but very capable under the basket as well. So I think that's another hole that uh, the Gunners might need to fill. Um, Should we roll on to the Central Coast Crusaders? I think it's your time to shine, Squin, your hometown boys. Yeah. What What can you tell us about the Crusaders in 2023? My hometown boys. Look, the roster that's available to us right now only has one, two, Seven players available, and I've been seeing them train on and off uh, on the home court um, every week, and I can tell you we do have more than seven players. So let's start with that. The biggest standout to me, well, one of two big standouts out to me for the Crusaders is that Aaron Lawton is listed as a player, So my, which is, uh, for those who may or may not know, AJ Lawton was our import a couple years ago um, in the championship I'm going to say 2019 when we won the championship, um, when uh, Callum Jenkins, with the touch of God, tipped it in before the buzzer on our home court. Um, let's relive that moment again, thanks. But, yeah, so AJ is back. Now, it wasn't to my knowledge. I don't think the club has made an official announcement that he was coming back. My understanding is that it was still to be confirmed and that he's recently gotten married and had a, had a baby so I knew that he wanted to come back, but I was surprised to, to think that he was going to come back so soon after starting his family. But if he's listed, um, I'm guessing things must be in order for him to come and play. And whereas uh, I know that Aaron Redhead, he was coming off the bench last season but really stepped up at the end of the season uh, when it came to the crunch and we had some injuries, especially with Time Again. He was injured during the season with a Achilles. I can say that Time Again is back training, so we can expect him to suit up despite his name not being on the roster list today. Uh, Hamish Lode is back. James Trustum's back. Luke Cassidy's back. And we've got some younger players on the list in Alex Bailey, Isaiah Walter and Seth Chapman uh, so far on the listed roster. 
I won't expect players like Isaiah and Seth to get that much court time considering they are emerging NBL1 players. Um, but I'm just trying to think who else at training there is that is missing other than time again. But I think also Reese Osborne, Kieran Osborne, I think, has returned to play. He played also in that championship winning team. Unfortunately, Callum Jenkins is not returning, which is a big loss for the Crusaders. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting mix. Actually, Nick Wooler is due to play as well. It's going to be an interesting mix. I feel like considering the Crusaders men have had quite a few successful, um, say, decade as a whole, uh, they're definitely in a rebuilding phase. So where do you see them landing this season? Um. Well, ooh. not high, Lockie, not high. <laughs> but, I mean, you, high. you say it's a rebuilding season, so it's not so much about where they land this year. It's, you know, are they preparing to land higher in future seasons? I think what might be up their sleeve too, they've got a brand new coach, Tim Tim Hudson. We're all, for, like, at the club, everyone's familiar with Tim, but I think it's the first time in a long time he's the head coach of the of the men's team, I'm hoping that he is going to bring in some different systems to what this Crusaders group is used to. I feel like that they were getting a little bit stale uh, in the way that they play. Um, and uh, I think that a t- like a change needed to come because uh, I think they kept resting on what was working before, but all the other teams in the league had caught up to them and they still weren't adapting to that and losing some games. But also a really, really big admission is uh, Jacob Cracknell and Ollie Rebilliard aren't listed. I know that Ollie Rebilliard has decided to move interstate. Um, and I'm not too sure if I've actually seen Jacob Cracknell at Crusaders training yet. So that's if neither of them play on top of Cow Jenkins, uh, that's a really, really big loss for the Central Coast Crusaders. Uh, rolling on to the next. We've got the COE. Now, I know that uh, you're quite a fan of this roster, Lockie. So what do you like about the COE roster for this season? Uh, I'm, I could wax lyrical all day, but I'm going to just focus on three players that I think a lot of fans will already be familiar with. Of course, first cab off the rank, Alex Tui, Gonzaga, commit, already a senior. He's, a, he's already a boomer. Yeah, he is. He is a legit boomer. A legit boomer. He's going to be suiting up in NBL 1 East. So he'll be playing for COE this season. I mean, he played last season in the wildcard game. Um, He was electric when they came to play Sutherland. Everyone was psyched that it was Tyrese Proctor's farewell game. And Alex Tui was like, I think I'm going to make this all about me today. And he went off that day. Um, So... I mean, the guy can do it all at at this level already. Uh, he can shoot, he can get to the basket, he can defend. He will be undoubtedly one of their stars this season. And then uh, Ben Henshaw uh, from WA, he was massive at the recent under-20s nationals. I believe he won player of the tournament in that. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was, also, he was also in that team that played last year at Wildcard that towed up. Sutherland, and I believe towed up every New South Wales team they played against. 
But the one I really want to talk about, because he's a little bit younger, is the big seven foot two Queenslander, Rocco Zakarski. So uh, everybody wondering, you know, is he just a big guy? You know, you find a seven foot two guy, you got to get him in the program. You got to do what you can with him. Don't worry about it. The boy can play. Uh, Just watching him, um, like his moves, just dancing around defenders with in the paint at times. I think in this league, which trends smaller, he could be an extreme point of difference. I can't think of many teams in the league who are really going to be able to defend a seven foot two player uh, that well. And given what happened last year, I know they don't have Tyrese anymore, uh, but what happened in wildcard last year, I I think COE are my favorites this season to win it all. Oh, big call. Big call. You heard it here first on East Got Game. Lucky Flats. <laughs> Tipping the COE to take out MBO1 East. Me personally, I'm really, really glad the COE are in a competition as a permanent fixture this time. Uh, whether it means they're going to kick our bus- butts in the East or whether they took it to the South, it doesn't matter as long as that they're in a consistent um, competition where they can actually get proper game time and experience. And sure, they're super talented. There are up and coming young talent in the country. But I think the benefit of being in a competition like NBL One is that they're going to come across people who are much more experienced, much more physical. I think the physicality is something that perhaps they've got to get used to a little bit. Um, so I'm really, really looking. I'm really glad that the NBL One East can be part of the COE's uh, development. But just going back on the likes of Alex Tui, his brother James Tui is returning for Canberra, uh, the Canberra Gunners. So I really hope at some stage they match up against each other. That would and be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And uh, it would be conflicting for their parents, but I think they'll just be cheering for basketball <laughs> on the day. Uh, Bowen Beattie, unfortunately, has an ankle injury, so we'll have to wait to see when he returns um, back to court. But also Ben Henshaw, um, Alex Condon and Rocco were also part of, I think, the wider Boomers group that played in Melbourne in February too. So they've already had a bit of a taste of the green and gold at a senior level. Um, so, yeah, no doubt they're going to be very competitive. They certainly are. And th- speaking of Comets, one of the other New additions to NBL One East are also looking pretty good. They've got Archie Woodhill, Ignatius Mitchell. Um, there's a couple other names on there that I recognise, but I oh Matthew uh, Watcher as well. Um, he's uh, an Australian junior, if I'm correct. Um, and I feel like they've got some pretty good imports, Lockie. What do you know about them? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I mean Archie played for Sutherland last year. He's a big part of the Sharks. Um, Iggy Mitchell, obviously getting him to come back from playing for Norse last season. They've uh, recruited uh, Johnny Chnogarach over from uh, Inner West, uh, heading back. And as you said, Matty Wacher heading back from Manly to his home club of Comets, where his sister Sarah will also play for the women's team. But they have, yeah, they've really uh, built up the team well. And they've got, um, they do have an import in uh, Elijah Washington. Uh, was word he might have been trialling for Bankstown as well, but he chose uh, Comets. So, as you said, they do have quite a few good pieces, but I'm really excited to see uh, Mitchell and Woodhill back home and Alexandria. 
Yeah, Woodhill and Mitchell, do they have much playing experience as juniors together? I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, obviously both both Comets juniors. I don't know how much it overlapped for them though, but I have a feeling th- th- this could be the start. Of, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. To quote, to quote a movie. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, I think this could be a really, really nice pairing. Um, I'm looking forward to see how much of the two man game they get involved in this season. Um, that's that's going to be pretty exciting if they do. Um, looking at Hills, uh, someone who's been consistently in Waratah at least, um, their roster's looking a little bit thin. But rumor has it that they also have an import this season. Well, they have one signed. So they have Sean Montague. He's come over. Uh, he's uh, played up in New England region, I believe, for for Southern New Hampshire University. But aside from that, their roster, all their players returned from last season. So there's not a lot of change. It's just, uh, yeah, Sean Montague coming into the roster. Any change in coaching staff for the Hills men? I believe they might, actually. I uh, don't have it listed, but are you aware of any change? No, no, just out of interest. Um, I think their women's coach changed, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if their men's coach did. I'll have to uh, get back to you on that one. I know that there was some, yeah, there was definitely some coaching change at Hills. Well, hopefully throughout the season with our East Scott Game podcast, we'll be having um, a couple of guest uh, co-hosts as well just because, you know, you might get sick of hearing me and Lockie all the time. So we thought why not offset it with some guest co-hosts as well. And hopefully we'll have someone from Hills Hornets jump on uh, every now and again so they'll be able to give us a little bit of a rundown of what's happening in the Hornets' nest. Ah, no, so no, so NBL one men is obviously still Reese Potter coaching. It's just on oh. the women's side they have yes. Yes, just on the women's side. Yeah, that threw me for a loop. Yes, yeah, so just on the women's side they have a new coach. But yes, Reese Potter. That's returns. All right. Yes. I don't I don't if if Reese Potter wants to coach your team, you probably let Reese Potter coach your team. <laughs> and as of this as of right now, the uh, NBL one website has updated part of their roster to what was available to us before and they've added Josh Morgan. Oh, okay. Mm, so that so, could, that could so, be good for them. So just, yeah, just one addition. I mean. Oh, then uh, another player named Wani uh, Guada. Oh, Wani. Oh, so they have just updated a few names that, yeah. So I think uh, Wani was on the roster last year. And uh, Kwaku Brefo. Okay. So yeah. a few, yeah, a few, few young players coming up. So, then, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Making their way up um, to the NBL One East. Have they been playing... Um, what's it called? The Youth League? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they've also yeah. added uh, Jamie Munro to their list. Okay. Yeah. So they're just tacking a few players on. I mean, I as a commentator who needs to make notes each week, I always would prefer that if teams tacked on five or six Youth League players that might get a run or anyone that might get a run mm. rather than me turning up on a Saturday afternoon and finding out I have five players I don't even know we're part of the squad. I mean, we can only dream, right, Lockie? We can only dream. <laughs> um, all right, next is Hornsby, another of our new additions to NBL One East. 
I'm going to be flat out honest with you, Lockie. I don't know any of these names. Really? So Sharif Saipaya was playing for Bankstown last year, pretty sure. And Tommy Gillis was playing for Norse. Uh, and they've both made the move up. Um, it is a lot of players who were not in the league last season and have not been in the league. I'm not sure have been in Waratah League at all. Uh, but I think Hornsby have a geographical issue that does not exist so much for Penrith and Bankstown mm. in that there's no club within, what, 20K of Penrith and there's not a lot within that range of Bankstown as well. Hornsby's got hills to the west, north to the south and central coast to the north. Mm. That makes it very difficult to recruit players because players in your area can easily still travel to three different clubs. Yeah. Whereas Penrith, if you live in the area, especially if you live west of Penrith and Penrith is your nearest club, it's probably a lot easier to get players from a travel standpoint to come back to the club. So I'm not surprised that Penrith have been able and Bankstown to a lesser degree um, and Comets obviously as well, especially if no St. George team in the area um, have been more able to recruit players and keep them at the club. Mm. Yeah, but it's great to, to see that they have filled what looks like a relatively healthy roster. And I believe they also do have a Waratah one men's team. So some players from that could make the step up as well at some point. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we all know that Hornsby have been great in the past and now that they're back in NBL 1, they don't have to worry about player drain like they did last season, especially on the women's side. Mm. But also on the men's side. I mean, their men's t- they didn't have a senior men's team for a couple of years there now, so they really are starting from square one. And just the fact that they've been able to drag, you know, bring any players back from other clubs is a good start. Mm. Yeah, especially to considering they've got like a pretty, in terms of numbers, a pretty decent roster. Someone that's listed here is Kwabena Brefo. I'm wondering if that's any relation to. Um, Kwaku Brefo, who we just mentioned in Hills. Uh, I would say probably. Probably. Quite a unique last name, so I would say that they're probably related. Um, so it would be interesting to see where Hornsby land. Uh, based on what you know with this roster, have you got any predictions? I think it's going to be a, probably a fairly, you know, it's going to be a fairly rude awakening, you know, a tough in, in, initiation into the league. Mm. But... You get a year or two under your belt. You start bringing up players. If you've got a good pathway, this is going to be a slow burn for Hornsby. I mean, it's a slow burn for any club entering any league for the first time. Uh, we saw it in the West on the women's side, you know. They've finally won their first game last season. You know, and now they can, they've, you know, they hit that landmark, they can move on. And Hornsby could be in the same boat. Absolutely. But they could they could surprise. They've got other clubs that are in the same position as them. Penrith, you know, it's their first season as well. So they are not alone. No, not by any means. Uh, like we said, very un- it can be unpredictable in any given day in the NBL 1 East. As we roll down to the south coast for the Illawarra Hawks, now let's just get straight to it. Biggest addition in the league, in my opinion, 
is William Davo Hickey, straight from his season with the Illawarra Hawks and the NBL. He's decided to stay to play NBL One East. I am very excited that he's back in New South Wales and we get to see him again in the flesh. I am extremely excited too because it's biggest departure, Kiwi Gardner, being replaced by, as you said, probably the biggest signing, Davo. It's just, you know, Illawarra, when they, if, I don't know how long ago they knew they weren't getting Kiwi back, but if they knew, you know, like, lost Kiwi, what do we do? Davo's like, I'm your man. Yeah, and- I'm so stoked that he stayed because he could have gone anywhere. He played for Casey last season because he, as far as I still know, he's in a relationship with Monique Conti, the basket, the WNBL and AFLW star that she is. They both played for Casey in the NBL 1 South last season. I think season before that he was with, I want to say, Ballarat Miners with Matt Kenyon and um, not Jock Landau, the other Jock. Jock Perry. Um, so for him to stay, uh, yeah, I'm really, really stoked. But is he, correct me if I'm wrong, is he a Sydney Comets junior? I think he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. Yeah. So not even the, um, I guess, the attraction to going back to playing for your home club with the likes of Iggy Mitchell and Archie. I'm really stoked that he's decided to stay with Illawarra. So on their roster too, Tim Conrad is just the guy that doesn't quit. He's coming back, 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 back again, uh, as is Lucas Walker, according to the roster available to us. Um, so there's your big three for the Illawarra Hawks. Definitely. Yeah, Tim Conrad, some sort of non-giving-up basketball guy. And, of course, they've got Harry Morris, who uh, just spent a year as a development player with the Illawarra Hawks and did see a little bit uh, – sorry, Illawarra Hawks NBL – uh, so, you know, saw a little bit of playing time and they return a lot of the same players. You know, they don't have Kiwi anymore, but as we said, they got Davo and they finished third on the table last year and, yeah, they got blown out in a semifinal by Canberra, but that was without uh, Waxy and Tim Conrad. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, look, we tried to find out where Kiwi has gone and where he's playing next and we couldn't find anything just as yet online as we are recording, so... If anyone wants to let us know on social media where Kiwi is, we'd love to know. Um, but, yeah, very excited. I think I I hate making these two kind of decisions, but I love asking everyone else. Uh, but I think Illawarra may be the top team this year in NBL One East Men. I'm there we go. It. I'm going to say Illawarra. You're going to say Illawarra? Yeah. Well, then, all right. New South Wales country team. Why not? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly, you know, finished third last year. And uh, as you said, Davo's Davo's there. They've got plenty of big names. I see no reason they can't be among the top contenders. And the Snake Pit is not somewhere you ever want to go as a visiting team. No way. Those fans get up up there, uh, stand on the fence in front of the bar and uh, make it quite a rowdy environment. It is... Plenty of fun to be at if you're an Illawarra fan or a neutral. If you're supporting the op- or playing for the opposition, it is not. It is not. Not at all. Um, 
All right, so looking forward to those games at the Snake Pit. We're going to head back into the metro area with the Inner West Bulls, a relatively new team, to be fair, in the whole basketball landscape in um, in New South Wales. So they've only really come on the scene in, say, the last three years, I would say, especially at least at a senior level. Uh, when they entered the, the Waratah League a few years ago, they had the likes of Daniel Kickett and um, Moller when they were, he was kicking around um, playing for the Sydney Kings. Uh, but now another big healthy roster. Looks like they've maintained some core players, but like you said before, they've definitely lost some too. What do you, what do you gauge from this team, Lockie? Well, they've lost um, Chair Maker and Chol Adup as well as uh, Jonas Lepikas from last year's team. So those were three big players. And Christian Moran's headed up to Mackay. So he's bounced around a few. He's played for Sutherland, Penrith, Inner West, and now he's off to Queensland. So a few, definitely a few outs for the old Inner West, but they do have two imports coming in. So um, they've got Christopher Bryant from, uh, he's from Florida. I believe the other one might be Blake Morrow. It's the other import, but they're certainly not the only additions because they've also managed to lure Nico Timonera over from Bankstown, as we mentioned before, and he was a big scorer for Bankstown last year. And they've got uh, one-time NBL player Tony Tolovey. A bit of a blast from the past. Yeah, and the thing I like about Inner West men's team is that they had a really good uh, energy about them. They were really supportive of each other, lots of hype on the bench, lots of hype on court. I think um, there was always going to be games where people lose their cool, but certainly times when they played against the Crusaders, they did a good job of keeping most of that um, kind of under wraps as best as they could, but also delivered us with some really, really big dunks as well during the season. Would that have been uh, Alex Higgins' teacher? Correct. It sure was dunked <laughs> on Ollie Rebilliard's head. Um, he does love it. He does love a dunk, does Alex? Yes. And he yes. is. I was. I was actually interested to see if he would head back to back to Comets because he was playing for Comets before moving to Inner West. But I've managed to hang on to him, and he will remain a massive part for them as they look to. I mean, they only just missed out on finals last year. It came down to if they beaten Sutherland in the last couple of weeks, it would have come down to a tiebreaker. Yeah, and I think the whether they went to the finals or not also depended on that game they played against Crusaders where Higgins Titcher absolutely annihilated, rebuilt on that dunk. <laughs> they had to beat the Crusaders by a certain amount to make sure they went ahead of Sutherland and they didn't. So mm. heartbreaker. You, you don't want your season to get to that point. But, um, I mean, as us as spectators, it's very exciting. <laughs> yes. And, and that that game against Sutherland that they had to win, I remember Reggie Ridland just hitting this massive three and Sutherland, like the air went out of the stadium at the Shark Tank and somehow Sutherland managed to just hold on. All right, rolling up the freeway back into country area, we're going to talk about the Maitland Mustangs who came second in the NBL One East uh, final last year, or comp, I should say. or Also a bit of a heartbreaking tale. They were up for most of the grand final against the Canberra Gunners and it just slipped out of their hands in the dying seconds. Or well, not seconds, I shouldn't say that. But you could just feel it in like that fourth quarter that it was slipping away from them. 
It certainly was. And uh, they return a lot of the same players, though, as last season. They're missing... Uh, there's no more Sharif Watson, and Terrell Turner has uh, finally hung up his basketball shoes after a very long and uh, distinguished career up at Maitland. But aside from that, they are... They return a lot of the same players, and importantly, a lot of those young players are now a year older. So you think of guys like obviously they've got Daniel Milburn, uh, big James Hunter in the center, who I'm sure you love as the fan of the five man. Oh, yeah, he was really good, really good. Also, a great uh, textbook center back to the basketball. Just, just play your role. That's all I ask, guys. Just play your role. So they've got both of those, Josh Clifford, uh, Billy Parsons is a young player who's making his way up. But guys like Matt Gray and Will Cranston-Leon coming out from the Central West, they've got another year of experience under their belt, which will serve them well. And then Will Mortimer from the um, – played for – represented New South Wales. Uh, you know, he's he's only going to get better as the, as the years roll on. Yeah. So the, yeah. it's um, a present and future that looks quite good for Maitland as it stands. Yeah, see, when we were talking offline about who we're tipping, I mean, my instinctive tip was Maitland uh, purely because, like, uh, they were so successful last year. Um, sure, they, they're missing, uh, to, like, Terrell and Sharif, um, but I feel like they've played together for a long time. They were very consistent, um, and I thought they probably had some unfinished business giving the way their season ended last year, so... That was one of my initial tips too, but I mean they don't have Davo. But listen, a, a matchup between someone like Will Cranston Lown and Davo Hickey would be very, very interesting to watch. Um, I, do, I am glad that Jack Edwards is back to steer the ship, um, I, but I'm hoping Daniel Milburn can uh, and Matt Gray can produce a little bit more this season compared to what they did last season. I mean they still had great seasons, but. I'm being greedy and I'm asking them for a bit more. <laughs> uh, now back into Metro, we're going to go to the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Lockie, you managed to catch some, one of their preseason games um, against your beloved Sutherland Sharks. So what can you tell us? That what did you take away from that preseason game? What I took away from that preseason game between Manly and Sutherland is that it is all change on the men's side at Manly this season. New coach in Brad Dalton. And of last season's roster, I can see Jock McHugh, Stefan Valkovic. That might be it of last season's team that is actually here this year. So a lot of change at Manly. They do have Banjo Talbot coming in, former uh, Kings development player. And Krenz Carlos, who spent time with Penrith and Hills. Uh, I believe played Waratah 1 last year rather than NBL 1 East for Hills. So, yes, definitely a lot of change for our Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Um, so that um, preseason game, uh, big win by Sutherland on that occasion, but... Also, a Manly team looking to gel a lot of new players in the process. And did you talk? Did you tell us about the Manly's new coaching staff as well? Yeah, so um, Nathan Kerwin, who was their men's coach last year, has shifted over to take on the head coaching role of the women's team. And basketball legend Brad Dalton 
is going to be the Manly men's head coach this year. So yeah. that's that's definitely a turn up. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes. Um and welcome him, in, welcome him into the NBL One East for sure. Um, and as we roll on to the Newcastle Falcons, the thing uh, I think their roster to me uh, looks pretty similar to last season. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Tom Dawson play last season as well? He did play last season. Yes, he did. He just keeps going. Does does Tommy Dawson, former Comets player? Yeah, that's right. He was a long-time uh, standout for the Comets when we were still Waratah League. Uh, married to someone who was also a great basketballer. They met in Sydney, but she's originally from Newcastle. Um, so it looks like they've moved up to Newcastle and now he's a Falcon um, for two years running now, which is that we'll, New South Wales country, like we're happy to take him. That's great. <laughs> take any of you pe- good people from Metro. But uh, as this roster is in front of me, the big one that I'm circling is Thomas Akamamoy. Yeah, I'm interested to see his name listed on the uh, website as playing for Newcastle instead of a team slightly south on the freeway. He is a long-time Central Coast Crusader. He grew up playing Rebels with the likes of uh, Ollie Rebilliard and Jacob Cracknell very, and Matt Kenyon as you know, some of our listeners will know from the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Uh, really great history, that uh, age group with our club. Continued to uh, in Youth League Men where they won a couple of championships. Yeah, so uh, and, and Tommy has actually been uh, interstate for a little while, um, I think working in the mines or something like that. So it was really nice to see him back. To be honest, I did see him at training not that long ago, so I was even more surprised to see he's on the roster for Newcastle. That's right, but one out is their import from last season. Jay Sean Smith is uh, is not listed. So, but uh, looks like they might have um, Anthony Gaines is the name. It's not one I recognise, but a quick Google suggests there are some import players out there, some American basketball players named Anthony Gaines. So we'll see if that is indeed the import. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, if you look at the current. NBL One East website. He is just a shadow uh, with the uh, logo behind him, so you have to look, watch very carefully for when he um, is added to the roster officially, or when once he steps on court, um, which we will see hopefully if he's here yet on this Saturday. Yeah, hopefully we will see him this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're matching up against Sutherland for round one. Is that right? They are teams. You know the. Clubs, you know, teams have a bit of history on the men's and the women's side. Um, should be very exciting contest between two teams that made the finals in both men's and women's last year. Yes, yeah, uh, definitely um, not wasting any time there with that matchup for round one. Um, as we go back into Sydney with the North Bears, uh, very competitive and um, consistently good men's and women's team in the Waratah and NBL One East. Looking at this roster, Anatoly Bose is back. Uh, we've also got Mike Golding back. And the biggest signing for the Norse is Junior Madut. I mean, I've said it. I've been watching Waratah League for a decade now, or Waratah NBL One. The thing I say about Norse is, 
they always retool. They always reload. You, you could sign their entire squad away to other clubs, and I still reckon they find a way to find 12 good men and women's players to put on the court. And they've done it again, getting Junior Madut into this squad. They've picked up Nathaniel Masters from Bankstown. And, of course, Brennan Reimer's back after absolutely lighting it up all of last season. Yeah, that's a really good point. They are really good at recruiting and, as you put it, reloading. I think nearly on par with uh, with Aubrey, I suppose. So um, the coaching staff and the back office at North are always doing a really, really good job with recruiting. And they must look after their players as well because they, both men and women, they consistently maintain like a core group of their roster. So they must be well looked after. Definitely, and I think with with the addition of Junior Madut to a team that already, you know, made finals last season, I definitely think that uh, Norse will be there or thereabouts again. It is, as we said, it's a far more competitive top end of town this season, but uh, they are always have a competitive team. I mean, they don't have Patrick Sanders anymore uh, or uh, Marquise Navari, but. That team is still very, very good, and I'm sure they'll sprinkle in a few of their uh, better youth league players to shore up the numbers as well. And then the last two teams. So the last two teams before we wrap up, we first got the last uh, new addition in the Penrith Panthers. Um, going to be honest again, Lockie, a roster of names that I don't know. Okay, so a few uh, players that have had some uh, Penrith Youth League experience, um, Blair Williams, Brody Schwarzer, uh, Luke Griffith, uh, Caleb and Jaden Fetui Fa'amai. Um, Pranaya Sakia, uh, he actually played a season for Sutherland. Um, so the season after St. George won the Waratah, I think it was called Waratah 2 back then, or maybe Div 1 men, their coach Demarcus Berry took on Sutherland and Nay came over with them him and uh, was a very good backup foil for Lockie Hutchison that season. Uh, I believe Norman Massimino has played a bit in uh, Waratah and NBL 1, uh, maybe for Illawarra. So probably a young squad for the most part, but a couple of experienced players and, you know, probably probably good building blocks for the future. A little bit, maybe a little bit like Hornsby in that sense. But definitely having a few couple of players with some higher level experience is good. I think Nay, if he uh, if he's playing plenty of minutes, he'll uh, definitely uh, keep the team headed in the right direction. Yeah, and they're also another club, especially in their men's program, who seem to have a really good brotherhood, a lot of hype on the bench. So I think sometimes that can really be their X factor coming into games and. They've also had a long history of uh, being very competitive in the youth league men, so, well, so it doesn't sound like they're definitely they're ones to count out just yet. Hundred percent. I mean, uh, they won youth league <laughs> last season, so I mean, they, these players they they must be producing players who are who are quite good. Yeah, and you can hopefully make the step up to the next level. That's the thing, though. That step up to the next level from youth league to NBL one, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just a step, it can be a bit of a leap. So it might take them a little while to adjust or maybe they'll just blow us all away. I don't know. You, who knows? And the final team, your beloved Sutherland Sharks. <laughs> a healthy roster in terms of numbers. 
The names I recognise that are returning are the likes of Adrian Cabrera, uh, Kevin Ashampong. Now, for those who don't know, Kevin Ashampong to me is also Instagram famous. I actually knew him from Instagram before I knew he was a Sutherland shark. <laughs> he does some very good, uh, very funny reels on uh, on Instagram. So I recommend that you go and follow him on so- social media. I think it's like Kev underscore Pong. Uh, and obviously the golden boy Lockie Hutchinson is back and he's sharpshooter Callum Norris. So you guys are looking pretty healthy. We're looking pretty good. I'm pretty happy with how things are. We got um oh, there's another player uh Bankstown have lost is Aaron Waban is coming over and Angus Lake, who did not play for Bankstown senior team last year, but has represented New South Wales. Um I think New South Wales Metro 18. So uh big steal away to get him. Uh as you mentioned, some of the big names. And then also the Sharksman, Jeff Gerlach, every time he hits the three. For a big man, he can shoot the three really well. So uh, just allows that option in the pick and pop uh, that not every centre can provide. And then we've got a couple of <laughs> couple of imports in uh, Jordan Mitchell's back. So he's uh, had a couple of stints with us and he's back again this season. And then we recently announced uh, Markwell Beasley. So apparently he is actually Michael Beasley, former number two NBA draft pick's cousin. Wow, it's so funny that you say NBA draft pick cousin because I'm not too sure specifically what it's like in the other NBL1 conferences, but it seems to be like a little bit of a theme or uh, a a very New South Wales thing that that sometimes we get imports. And look, to be honest, a lot of our clubs, for those listening interstate, a lot of our clubs in the NBL1 East probably don't have the same financial backing that a lot of clubs in, say, South and North have. So sometimes imports is truly a luxury for us. Uh, But I've noticed that the imports we're able to get is kind of like um, the last import the Crusaders had was like um, someone's grandson. Uh, The one before that was someone's half-brother. And so now you, Sutherland Sharks, have signed someone's cousin. So... It just seems to be like a – it's becoming like a funny theme with our comp. So so Mark Earl Hill um, definitely provide us with some help inside. He'd probably play the four spot alongside Gerlach, just looking at what I think this roster could be. Uh, so that would be good. Um, we've, of course, had great success uh, with players like uh, Taj Davis, um, or Taj Davis-Spencer playing – in the paint for us in previous years. So hopefully we get another successful import import this season. Yeah, absolutely. And Sutherland Sharks, again, going to be super, super competitive. I feel like they have been in, whether it's NBL One East or Waratah, I reckon they've been a top, at least a top six team for the last, what, five seasons, would you say, Lockie? Yeah, just haven't quite been able to get over the top. You know, make semis, make finals uh make a grand final but not quite being able to get there you know did that three peat way back in the day we had a great team back then but yeah just looking to get oh get that final stop to step to the top of the podium yeah it sounds kind of frustrating where you get so close but so far away hey but yeah. uh just so just to wrap up our episode of reviewing the MBL one east men's rosters for 2023 Lockie, your pick for champion is going to be COE. Uh, I'm taking a gamble 
going against my instinct and saying Illawarra, even though my instincts were saying Maitland. Who would your second pick be if COE is one? Okay, so I'm going to go grand final, COE defeat Illawarra. Woo, okay, all right. Um, I feel, I hear you there. I hear you there. All right. So just before we wrap up, remember, everyone, MBL One East starts this Saturday, the 11th of March. You can catch all the games on KO Freebies with the game of the week this week being the Sutherland Sharks versus the Newcastle Falcons. Lockie, always a pleasure. I'll join you again for the next episode where we review the women's roster for MBL One East 2023. Until then, see you later, buddy. Cheers, Gwen.